0: Trey, thank you for joining us for another Thursdays with Trey, which, of course, is the day that we have the pleasure of entertaining your questions, which are always thought provoking. And we don't uh, because usually I talk too long. We don't get to all of them, but we are going to get to all of them at some point uh, before uh, they they either take me off the air or uh, before I die. So uh, whichever comes first. So we're going to get to them. So keep them coming. And hopefully I can narrow my answers down some, but that is tough for a guy from South Carolina. So Mary Langston, how are you?
1: I'm doing fine. Trey, how are you?
0: I have no complaints at all.
1: Great. Are you looking forward to the British Open?
0: I am looking forward to the British Open. Um, The weather is going to be not terrible. So Mm -hmm. the course... um, I, I'm going to be surprised anyone who thinks it's going to be like U S open numbers right around par. It won't be because the course is short for the modern day golfer, mm. but just, it is the birthplace of golf. Um, you know, I love Augusta national mm-hmm. love that course. I love my own course, but it, you know, St. Andrews is the birthplace of golf and, uh, and, You know, I'll watch Nicholas play it for the last time. I hope this is not Tiger's last time to play it, but it could be because they rotate that. It doesn't take place there every year. So I will be watching, and I hope the wind blows a little bit so it's not just like a little pitch and putt for uh, for the pros. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I saw a picture that Michael Breed maybe tweeted, and it was a picture of Tiger Woods and Jack Nichols, and they were standing on that bridge that's very famous, and Michael Breed said, it looks like Tiger's stepping on his foot, but it was a really, really sweet picture that he tweeted out.
0: I've watched, uh, I usually don't watch, like the opening ceremonies and stuff for golf tournaments, but I have watched that, and um you know, Nicholas, I was a Nicholas fan from the time I knew what golf was. I mean, a lot of people were Palmer fans, but I, I was a Nicholas fan. And mm-hmm. uh, the other thing, in all truthfulness, um, I was not a huge Tiger Woods fan,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in part because he was trying to break Jack's records. I don't know. It just, I I, it, I never pulled against him. I just I wasn't like my son is a rabid Tiger Woods fan.
1: Mm hmm
0: but I have, um, come around and I think tiger has changed a little bit. He, um, just to watch him, he seems to have more of an appreciation for where he is in life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been through a lot on and off the golf course. And I saw this little thing yesterday, which very few people, I love Michael breed, as you know, but I don't follow Mm -hmm. anyone on Twitter. So I know exactly the picture. Um, a bunch of them took pictures together. Rory was also in a picture with them. Georgia Hall, who's a, um, a British uh, well, women's golfer, um, Georgia Hall. And mm-hmm. But the thing I like that I saw the most is Tiger's on the putting grain um, and Rory's on the putting grain and they're practicing. And Tiger putted a ball over there at Rory's feet just to mess mm-hmm. with him. And usually when that happens for the first time, a golfer thinks, well, you know, that was an accident and you kind of don't think anything about it. And then Tiger took a huge backswing Mm -mm. and drilled a putt over there at Rory's feet. And so clearly at that point, he was messing with him. I I don't know that the old Tiger Woods would have done that, would have had fun with another Mm -hmm. competitor, but the new Tiger Woods uh, seems to be enjoying the ride, um, which is fun to see
1: hmm I agree with that. Well, Trey, we have a lot of questions. Are you ready to get started?
0: I am ready. Uh, can I say one more thing about Woods?
1: Yes, sir. Of course.
0: Woods, um, uh, the people that have known him have always said he had kind of a wicked sense of humor. Uh, but again, he was so scripted and so stoic in the past. Uh, Justin Thomas, who's a great, great, great American golfer, is very good friends with Tiger. They played a little practice round and they walked off the course and Tiger said, oh, come on, we better hurry up. We got to go to the past champions dinner, which uh, is funny because Justin Thomas is not a past champion.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: you would think it's mean. I I would think it's funny. Uh, But that is a a glimpse of Tiger, that kind of really abiding sense of humor Mm -hmm. that I, I don't think we saw 20 years ago.
1: Mm hmm. Well, that's good news that he's loosening up and enjoying what he gets to do every day.
0: Yeah, well, almost dying kind of probably makes you appreciate life, I would guess. That's
1: right. Experience and age. Yes, sir. Well, we'll we'll get started with all our questions. And like you said, we get so many amazing ones and we hope they keep coming. Um, But our first question comes from Andrew and he writes, Can the government take someone's gun based on an unverified, unconfirmed allegation before due process occurs?
0: Wow. I'm going I'm to be here for the rest of the day uh, with that question. <laughs> we did
1: uh, change gears some. Um, yes, sir.
0: It's a great question, uh, mm-hmm. Andrew. And I'm going to focus on some of the specific words that I think you used in your question. And then I'm going to address a larger point. Um, unverified, unconfirmed, unsubstantiated. It really depends on what you mean by those words. Um, If it means unproven, if that's what you mean by it, that it's not proven, then perhaps yes, just like someone can be held in jail awaiting trial or denied bond awaiting trial. The charges have not been proven yet, but the person can still be held in jail. So that's a very good question. But I think the seminal issue in that question is what is due process? Because at the end, he asked before due process occurs. Okay, so what is due process? What does that mean? Where does the phrase come from? So let's start with the obvious. The state or the government can take your life after due process. The federal government, a number of states have the death penalty. So, what is required under that phrase, due process? if the government or the state wants to take your life. So what, what does the phrase due process mean? Because we know, I mean, a handful of states and the federal government all have the death penalty. So mm-hmm. government can take your life if they afford you due process. What does that mean? What What? what does due process mean? OK, well, number one, uh, there has to be a crime. Government can't take your life because they don't like the way you cut your grass. They can't take your life because you commit a petty larceny. There has to be not only a crime, but a certain type of crime like murder. And, and in our country, it, it's got to be more than just murder. It's got to be murder with an aggravating circumstance. So we begin to see the contours of this thing we call due process when it relates to taking someone's life. You can't You know, the crime that, you know, that I hate the most are sex crimes against children. Mm -hmm. But government cannot take your life for committing a sex crime against a child. It has to be the taking of a life murder. And there has to be an aggravating circumstance. You are entitled to not just one jury trial, but two, actually. The jury has to decide, number one, did you do it? And then there's a whole separate trial on whether or not you should be put to death. There are lawyers appointed for you, too. actually, two lawyers appointed for you free of charge. There are resources, unlimited resources to put towards your defense. The jury has to be unanimous. They have to be convinced of your guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And the jury is told in death penalty cases that you can vote for life or choose life for any reason or no reason. There's also, at the end of that trial, an automatic appeal. So when you're focused on this phrase due process, yes, government can take your life after due process, but the process you are due is very, very rigorous in a case like that. All right. Next, can government take your freedom? Not your life, but your freedom, your liberty. Yes, it happens every day in courtrooms all across America. They put you on trial, you're convicted, and they can take your freedom. What does that due process look like? Well, there's also a charge, a crime, an indictment, a trial. There's a judge and a jury involved. There are appeals, there's burden of proof, the jury has to be unanimous. It's it's what we call due process, but it is different from the due process that you are entitled to when they're trying to take your life. Are you with me so far? Mm -hmm. You still awake?
1: Still awake. We're here.
0: All right. Can the state or government take your property? Can they take your house? Yes. Mm -hmm. They can take your house to build a road. They can take your house to build a school. They can take your house for other governmental objectives. Sometimes, sometimes government can take private property for purely private commercial reasons. Mm -hmm. Are you entitled to due process? Of course you are. But that process, that due process, the process you are due is not the same as it would be with a criminal trial. The standard of proof is different. It's a civil matter, not a criminal matter. You're entitled to compensation. But the process so when you hear that phrase due process, it is not a math equation, it is a sliding scale. And it is very different when government's trying to take your life. Than when they're trying to take your property. You're entitled to due process in both. It's just the process you are due is different. I mean, here's my favorite example. Can government, and the one that's actually closest to what I think Andrew is asking, can government take your freedom before trial? Yes. Are you entitled to due process? Yes. But there's no jury. Mm. You don't have a trial to have your bond set. You have a judge. You have not been convicted of anything. You're merely charged. You're presumed innocent. But government can still take your freedom after a hearing in front of a judge with certain evidentiary standards and keep you in jail awaiting your trial date. Can government take your job? I mean, you've had government jobs in the past, Mary Langston. Can government Mm -hmm. take your job? Can you be fired? Can you not be promoted even though you thought you should have been promoted? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you entitled to a jury trial? No. Are you entitled to due process? Yes. But the process you are due is different. So due process is not a math equation. It it is not a number. It is a process. With red flag laws, what you should look at is who can get you in front of a judge. Can some anonymous person call local law enforcement and say, hey, look, I, you know, I bumped into Trey at the grocery store. He sure does seem particularly crazy today. Um, You should probably go take uh, his shotgun. Um, That is pretty flimsy due process. Uh, Most states require it to be law enforcement making that call to a judge or a family member, you know, which is a separate matter? Who can make the allegation? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the standard of proof? Are you entitled to an attorney? Can you, if someone were to call and say, look, we, we think Trey is a you know threat to himself or others, um, and you should take his firearms for two weeks, see if he gets better. Well, do I have the right to present evidence when I'm in front of the judge? Is it a judge or a jury that gets to make the decision? How long can they take your firearms can you petition the court for a shorter period of time if you you know if you get better? All of those are questions that relate to what process are you due And it may be that a state checks all the right boxes and gets you that due process or it may be that a state takes a shortcut and it doesn't rise to the level of what we consider to be appropriate due process and that fact pattern. but for anyone to say, that a red flag law per se violates due process means they have no idea what due process means.
1: Well, thank you, Trey, for explaining what due process means, because I think you're right. That word is used a lot, and we don't always know what it fully means.
0: Well, you probably do, but...
1: (laughs) I did not, so I appreciate that. It felt like I was in your law class.
0: Well, that was a very painful class to (laughs) sit through.
1: No, Um, not at all. Thank you, and I know Andrea appreciates you breaking that down.
0: Uh, Well, he may or may not, but uh, but I appreciate the question because it's really important. And I I just Mm -hmm. think the best way to look at it, I mean, the Constitution itself, the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments say government can take life, liberty and property if you are afforded appropriate due process. It only makes sense that the process you would be afforded would be different if they're trying to take your life. Than if they're trying to deny you a promotion in in, in a mm-hmm. government job. I mean, you don't get two jury trials if they're if you've been rejected for a promotion. You get due process, but you don't get two jury trials. Mm-hmm. So, you know, losing your gun for two weeks, for a month, yes, you're entitled to due process, but it ain't gonna look like a death penalty trial. All right. Well, like I said, I could talk about that for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. although no one would listen, so
1: <laughs> they certainly would. Thank you, Trey, for taking the time to answer that question. And we appreciate it, Andrew, that you sent it. It was a very thoughtful question. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back.
0: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News hourly update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: Our next question is from Joseph, actually in South Carolina, and he asked... Please explain how codifying Roe in federal law would be constitutional given the Dobbs decision. It seems to me that the only way to codify Roe nationwide would be through an amendment to the Constitution. What am I missing?
0: Uh, Probably you're not missing anything, I wouldn't think. Um, I think there are three different ways to look at it. You're right. There could be a constitutional amendment. That is a very laborious process, uh, very difficult. Most people are not. Well, I won't say that. We've amended the Constitution, what, like maybe 30 times, but Mm. it's still very hard. Um, But, Joseph, you identify kind of another question that uh, doesn't always bubble up to the surface, but, um, but it's out there. And that question is this, whether the court, the Supreme Court, is the final arbiter of what is constitutional or is not constitutional. Most people would say yes, the Supreme Court is kind of the final word on what is, quote, constitutional or not constitutional. But there is a minority view that Congress can also weigh in on what is or is not constitutional. So I don't know if that's what Joseph was getting at, but there's a minority view that the Supreme Court is not the only final word on what is constitutional and it's a minority view don't get me don't get me wrong it is minority view but it is a view the other thing joseph may have been getting at is you know asking about congress's role if the supreme court's already decided they sent the matter back to the states but you still had the issue of federal lands and you still had the issue of military bases overseas because there is no state that makes those decisions so, there are kind of three avenues for Congress to speak. Uh, the issue is whether any of those avenues are or the issue is whether those avenues are narrow or wide. are they wide enough for Congress to weigh in um, and that that kind of depends on who you think the last word on constitutional matters is. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those uh, parts of our country or our culture that are not controlled by states, uh, the District of Columbia is not a state. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who decides what those laws will look like in the District of Columbia? Probably Congress. Mm -hmm. So I hope that helps analyze that issue.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. And thank you, Joseph. Our last question is also from South Carolina and it's from Thomas. He writes, could the protection of our justices' homes, follow them to restaurants, et cetera, and create a protection perimeter for them?
0: Yes, Um I could, but think of the kids and spouses and maybe other family members. Um, Are you going to send security details to elementary school, to junior high school, to high school? Um, I cannot remember the age of Amy Coney Barrett's children. Um, Mm -hmm. I think she's got a bunch of them, so it would be different ages. But, you know, I mean, are you going to send security detail to kids, you know, with kids to school is you know, is it just for the justices themselves or families? Um, are they included? You know, And even if you have a security detail, and a bunch of my friends in D.C. when I was there had security details for various reasons, some because of the position they held, some because there were specific threats against that particular member. And so they're with you but they're not at the table with you in restaurants they're at another table and they try to kind of blend in so they're not so obvious and they do a great job of that I, I i remember all the dinners i went to with mccarthy and he had a security detail with him because of the nature of his position and his his team did an amazing job i mean you knew they were there but they they You know, Kevin was there to eat dinner with his friends and his colleagues, so they also gave him space. I mean, what do you do if someone walks up to the table at a restaurant and asks for a picture? Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you do if they want to walk up and just say hello, but not much more than that? I mean, do you let them complain if they have a complaint, but not for long? Do you? you know, let them come before the meal gets there. But once the meal gets there, I mean, those are all judgment calls. So you can send a detail with them, but you cannot form a a perimeter or a circle at the grocery store where no one can talk to you or interact with you. I mean, you just you can't do that in public. But I think Thomas raises another point, which is worth um, us taking at least not a look at, but thinking about. And that is, you know, our desire to live in a country where the kids of Supreme Court justices don't need a security detail. I mean, I wish we I wish all of our fellow citizens had the judgment and the wisdom to know when to leave people alone. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to finish with a little story um, that. uh you know, from my, from, from my own youth, I was a, I was a bag boy at a grocery store when I was like 14 and 15. Mm-hmm. And we had a state legislator who wound up serving in Congress. Um, and her name was Liz Patterson. And she would come in on Saturday mornings. I mean, she was a state Senator. She may have actually been in Congress at this point. I, I cannot remember for sure, um, but she was definitely in politics. And I, you know, uh, liked politics back then a whole lot more than I do now. So I would kind of position myself where I got to take her groceries out. And I would sit there in the parking lot with her, Mary Langston, and she would talk to me for as long as I wanted to talk. And now when I look back on it in hindsight, I mean, I am running the, the world's fastest recorded hundred meters to get out of the grocery store now. I can't wait. i wear a disguise. i wear a floppy hat. i wear sunglasses. i wear a mask, even though I'm not supposed to wear a mask or I don't have to wear a mask just because I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And now that I think back about it, she probably didn't either. But mm-hmm. she did. I mean, she would sit out beside her station wagon with me and let me ask all the ridiculous questions that a 14 or 15 year old kid could come up with. Mm-hmm. And, and she was in a different political party. So it was not like it was just, you know, we're sitting there and she was loving everything I had to say, but you couldn't tell. So patient, so kind. I I wonder if those days are over, though. I mean, I wonder if people can still have those kind of conversations where you think, well, you know, this is a kid that is interested in what's going on in the world. I don't agree with him. He doesn't know a whole lot. But I'm going to be patient and I'm going to be kind. And she, ever, she always was, every single time. The notion that you would want to disrupt someone having a meal, number one, I can't think of anything less persuasive. I mean, if you're trying to change Brett Kavanaugh's mind, buying his dinner might, maybe, harassing his dinner where he can't finish it, it's not going to persuade anyone. It's not persuasive. So why are you doing it? You're just trying to like make life miserable for someone and their family? I, mean, I, I so I'm very far astray from what Thomas asked, which is about a protection detail for justices and their family members at restaurants and malls and church. I'd love for us to get to a point where they didn't need them. Mm-hmm. Where we understood, look, I disagree with what you came up with, but I'm going to respect the fact that you're with your family right now, or that you're at church, or you're at a restaurant. This, you know, this equivocating on whether or not it's cool to interrupt somebody's meal, uh, which some of uh, some recent um, cabinet level people couldn't seem to quite bring themselves to uh, to criticize that. When ask about it, I think it's uncool for either side to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So would a protection detail fix that? I, I don't know. You know, when I think back on Kevin's security detail, they were fantastic. They let people walk up to the table, say hello, take a picture. Kevin's a very gregarious, friendly guy, obviously. He, mm-hmm. he's. But, you know, if somebody wanted to come up and say, hey, Leader McCarthy, we think you made the wrong decision on X – You know, I mean, you take 30 seconds, 45 seconds, state your opinion. That doesn't bother Kevin. But if you're going to stay five minutes, if you're going to just heckle them, disrupt them. I, I just think it's really uncool. And I think it's sad that we're to that point in our in our political discourse. But, you know, the days of Liz Patterson, a Democrat, state senator, Democrat, congresswoman, sitting there being patient with a, you know, crazy 14 or 15 year old, uh, those days may be over. And it's, and it's sad. I mean, there's a reason I still remember her and I'm not sure I would have remembered her if she had said, you know, look, I don't have time. I got lots of stuff to get back to plus you don't have any idea what you're talking about, but that's not what she said. So maybe, maybe in my lifetime we can get back to being, you know, civil in our disagreements with people, but, um, it 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 ain't it ain't looking likely right now.
1: Well, hopefully we can get back to those days of Liz Patterson. I love that story, Trey. Thank you for sharing it.
0: Um, well, she, um, you know, I'm friends with her daughter. I, I her daughter married uh, into a family that I've been close to since I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just I, I don't know. I've I've got, I've got a ton of friends that will never vote for me. And I think it's cool to have Mm -hmm. friends that say, look, you're a friend. I don't agree with you. not going to vote for you. Um, And I got friends that I wouldn't vote for. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I I don't. If you're trying to change someone's mind, persuade them that there's a better way. I just, I don't know how interrupting their spouse and their kids eating a meal is going to pull that off. I just, I don't. So. But I've beaten that that dead horse. Doesn't hurt the horse, but I s- probably should s- stop. So,
1: well, thank you, Trey, and thank you, Thomas, for your question. We always appreciate all the questions, so keep sending them our way.
0: Yes, do that. Keep sending them, and um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Got elections coming up. Got mm-hmm. uh, uh, summertime. School's about to start back, and keep them coming because they make me think, and um, uh, and that's good makes you figure out what, what you believe and why you believe it. And can you, you know, articulate it, uh, I guess in today's case in less than four hours. <laughs> and I'm not sure I was able to do that, but
1: or maybe three.
0: Yeah, maybe three. All right. Thank you, Mary Langston. And thank you everyone else. And we'll see you next week for Thursdays with Trey.
1: Have a blessed week. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye.